You've captured my heart with your love There's no end to the depths of your love <laughs> You've captured my heart with your love Limitless the reach of your love If everyone could just raise their hands this morning we're so used to giving God a thanksgiving of praise, but with your hands raised in gratitude, would you thank the Lord for three to five things in your life right now? I like to say it like this. He had me when he said it is finished. Has God captured your heart? Thank him for what he's done in your life. Lord, we thank you for our salvation. We thank you for our friends and family. We thank you for the brothers and sisters here today. We thank you for freedom in Christ. Oh, Lord, we're so grateful for every blessing you've ever given us. If you go past three to five, that's okay. Just thank him, thank him, thank him. He is worthy, 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 worthy are you, Lord. Even if you never did another thing, you've been good. You've been so good. All of your promises are yes and amen. We are grateful, God, for every relationship. Even tests that turn into testimony. Even our messes that you made into messages, oh, God. Even through our stories, you got the glory, oh God. Hallelujah. Now, if you could just place your hand over your heart and say, You've captured my heart. Come on. With, your love. with all that in mind, what He's done for you, would you sing There's it out? No end There's no end. The depths of your love. He is limitless. You've captured my heart with your love. Limitless the reach of your love. Amen. Can you put your hands together and bless him today? He's been so good. He's been faithful. Gracias, Senor. We love you. We love you. We love you. You may be seated in God's house today. I'm so glad that you're here. Those who have been a part of the conference, Jesus Matters, we're so excited that you're here today. Those from the church that supported it, you're awesome. And uh, our leaders of the conference got arrested last night as they were preaching before the mayor, uh, her house, and teaching her a thing or two. And so they're not here yet. We'll see if they get to come. But I believe Jordan, wherever he scurried off to, I believe he was one of the folks arrested, wasn't he? So I'll try to buy some time. Maybe he can testify about that here in just a moment. But open up your Bibles with me to John chapter 15 as we learn about the faithfulness of God making us fruitful. Everybody say, faithful to be fruitful. There he is. Let's give it up for Jordan as he comes. Jordan, would you give us a summary of what happened last night? And by the way, you know, people are already hating. They're saying things like, well, you know, these folks don't even live here. You know, why do they get to do that? First of all, all of the traveling evangelists that joined us for the conference, they are prophetic voices to this nation and generation. Thank God that they don't need that person's permission. And then number two, they're like, well, we're glad they got arrested. They're disturbing the peace. My friends, listen to me. Why is it always acceptable for the world to act like the world and, and be foolish, but when the church does it, they start pointing their fingers at us? John the Baptist preached before Herod, and it cost him his head. Was he a fool? He, if he was, he was a fool for Christ. And so, so many times we have to defy the edicts of a nation when those edicts are wicked. She's blocking off her city, I mean blocking off her streets while her city's still going to hell. Block off Michigan Avenue. Block off all the businesses. Matter of fact, you should have did that months ago. Are you listening? I mean, it's not... 
It's not like she gets to call it now. No, we're still protesting her. Amen. We're protesting the protesters. And those who say, well, you know, I think that there should be a separation between, you know, the church and the state. I agree. But that doesn't mean that, that we want the state to become the church. No, we just want the state to be changed by the church. We want us to infiltrate with our values because everybody brings in values. Where did you get your values from, Camille Harris? You know, where did you get your values from, Biden? We get ours from the Word of God. Now, in the market of ideas, we don't ask for special favor. We just say, let's put them to the test and see who wins. And we believe we'll win every time. Amen. So Jordan, we are just encouraged to have you here. Tell us in a nutshell what happened, because I know you didn't get to sleep, if, if at all, till super early this morning. Yeah, I'm still kind of waking up myself right now. Um, but yeah, we, we went out last night and uh, we went to her house and uh, Bevelyn kind of just did like a, I don't know how she did that. She did a four-way call, five-way call. There's like several people that came with us and we're on the same call. She's given us the rundown of what we're going to do. And uh, we really just prayed over uh, through the phone and then we got out of the car at the same time. And uh, I brought my speaker with me uh, coming over here. And so I, I, I pulled out my speaker and um, we, just, we just went at it. We, we went in front of our house. We started preaching. And uh, different people were saying different things while we're in front of her house. I kind of figured she wasn't there anyway because the house was dark the whole time. So I was like, she's probably not even here. She's somewhere else in another house that she has. But um, I think for me, with, with many people that have been questioning or uh, not agreeing with this type of method, um, e even with so many different things, um, I, I kind of catch people uh, in their act. And it's funny that you're talking about the kingdom of God and being kingdom-minded because I'm realizing that you can still be a Christian and not be kingdom-minded. And so you can, you, can, you, you, can, you can follow Jesus but still not have a kingdom mindset. You know what I mean? People are too busy watching the news as Christians and they're talking about why are they rioting, why are they looting, why are they blah, 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 blah. And it's like, why is the church not out there trying to minister to them? What do you expect from a sinner? Do you expect them to live righteous? Do you expect them to live for Jesus themselves? Do you, do you, expect, do you expect them to uh, respect authority or respect people and their communities and their, and their businesses? And we have this high expectation for sinners as if they're supposed to be living holy. They need the gospel, and so the church needs to be the church. And so when we were there last night, uh, something that I started to think about even more, even before we got down there, is whenever it comes to the gospel, people want to have excuses and they want to justify certain things. But for me, it's like if, if you know, God forbid, one of your kids got shot up or, you know, something that somebody else experienced, you would want to stand up for your family. Just automatically, I, 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 I hope you would stand up for your family. And you would move with an urgency. And something that hits me, what we did last night, people can think different things of what type of method, but it's like people are dying on the clock every minute. And the church is silent. And we're not doing nothing. So I don't care if we're at her house in the morning or at night. It's like, who's suffering because of the church's silence? Who's dying because of the silence of the church? Who's going through all these different things in every community throughout the U.S. while the church is silent? Just like abortion. How, how, many babies could, how many babies can we save if the church was really being a voice? 
But a lot of churches in America, they're not even a voice. So that's why when certain things happen in the media, they start recording and, 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 and getting different people to be a voice. They're usually entertainers or rappers. And, and I'm looking, I'm like, God, why, why isn't that like a pastor or a believer that's standing up for the gospel? And I've had countless friends, um, and I told Bev this, uh, when she had, you know, painted on the BLM, I had countless friends saying, like, hey, man, your girl's tripping. Like, she's doing way too much. She needs to calm down. And I'm like, nah, like, we need to be doing that. We need to be doing stuff like that. Why? Because it's affecting other people. You know what I mean? And so, anyway, when we got uh, only, I think it was, what, six? Six got arrested? Six? Yeah, I think it was six. Yeah, 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 it was, it was six. And so, um, it was four girls. And then it was it was two guys, so it was me and, and Jackson, um, and I and I can't remember the other two girls, but Abme and Bev obviously were arrested as well. But we we got arrested. They 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 brought us to the precinct and took us through the whole system and whatnot. We didn't we didn't get out until 6 a.m. and so we were we, yeah we were there for a minute, and um, and so during this time of like we had opportunities to minister to the police officers. The police officers were, uh, you know, they're like, hey, for the record, like, we rock with y'all. Like, we just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, appreciate, we appreciate with, you know, with what you're doing. And even though that I don't live here, I say, what can the church in Chicago actually do to help you guys to, so that doesn't happen when it comes to you guys being defunded? And he was just like, really just being a voice. You know, because our hands are tied, we can't really do anything. And so really just being a voice um, uh, towards the city council and stuff like that, like like keeping it going of being a voice, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, during this time of, or, or during this specific time when we were uh, ministering and, I mean, me and Jackson, we were praying in, in our cell. We were, because uh, we're in the same cell, we were praying, we were worshiping in our cell and the officers were coming in and out. One officer uh, stopped by the door and kept, he kept, he, he allowed us to continue to pray before he interrupted us. And he was like, amen, amen. All right. I need you to take your shoelaces out and you need to, you know, so, you know, you know, God really used that, that moment. And, uh, I'm still kind of like mentally processing everything of what transpired. And, uh, you know, it, it was a blessing, you know, um, just to, just to see all that happening. And, um, uh, before we got arrested, there was a neighbor that was getting upset, and I think he was, I mean, there might have been other people that were upset, but he was the only one really manifesting his anger, and so he was like, uh, he was like, you guys need to leave, you know, I support y'all, like, black lives do matter, and all of us looked at him and was like, we don't support BLM, and he was like, <laughs> and he was all caught off guard and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, there was many neighbors, like, recording us and stuff like that. Um, I, I just, for me, it just kind of stirs me and stretches my faith to be a voice in, in both sides of not, obviously, for the gospel, but the gospel is not just the, the proclamation, it's the demonstration. So many people are like, many, are, many people are like, oh, we just need to preach the gospel and, you know, we don't need to do this and that. It's like, nah. We need to preach the gospel and demonstrate the gospel to our community and stand up against injustice, all injustices, not just when a cop 
kills a black person. And, and so th that's something that resonated with me uh, last night and even this morning. Man, that's so awesome. And then on that note, we're going to call an audible. We're going to talk today about destroying arguments and lifting up Christ. So just put that off. We preached that first service. If you want it, go and look at it. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 10.5. I know this preacher got something ready to come right after me because we're going to tag team and triple team if Jackson gets here. Here's the way I look at it personally, looking from the outside in. It's like the black church should be leading the black civil rights movement, the black movement, and all this. And what happened was it got derailed with BL limb and all the black Christians that I know who've been standing up for all these things, they're saying man, I agree there shouldn't be the death of the innocent and police brutality, but what this spin that Antifa and others are putting on it, we can't get behind. So now I want to ask you as a Christian, why is it you felt sympathy during that time when you were sharing BLM and blackout and all that and now when our brothers are going to jail, black Christians standing up for the movement of, of the cross, we get ashamed and say we're embarrassed of them. We are not embarrassed of these men and women of God. Let's give it up for Jesus coming right from the jailhouse to God's house come on these are our heroes today that's what I'm talking about in Jesus name and listen we're not like Joe Biden who believes we all got to think alike amen we're not like Joe Biden saying you got to vote a certain way to show your color that's okay if you're a person of color and you disagree but at least you have options and you don't think you're getting painted into a corner you don't have to be paid into a corner. You can think for yourself. And that's why when this first started off, I'm just being very honest with you. My bishop, Pastor to uh, Thomas Gross in New Orleans, taught me differently. And so when all this came out, I had Thomas Gross come on a live feed. And they started calling him names like a coon and all this. And he's old enough to be their granddad, put him over there, his knee and slapped their behind. And, and I went live with him. He lived down south during the time of segregation. His family was a part of the marches with King and all this. And he was just educating people. And and instead of bringing arguments, they called him names. And I got shocked by that. And that's when I began to realize, man, not only do I got to defend the truth that my brother is speaking, but I got to put my skin on the line because it's not a, a skin issue. It's a sin issue. And that's why they came against me. And they said, you're a racist. And when they called me a racist, guess what? God brought more African-American black people to this church than we had ever had at one time because they knew that I wasn't a racist. I was just speaking as the black church has always spoke. And that means that the black man is the head of the black house and that a husband and a wife raised the black children not supporting the lgbtq agenda that's okay if they have the freedom to do that but the house should be run by the men and, and the men shouldn't be getting arrested and committing crimes but being leaders and outstanding citizens and you know affirmative action might have had a time in a season but it kind of got used to bamboozle some young people now they're going to colleges that they're not prepared for but like i've said before when i go on the basketball court nobody gives me affirmative action because white men can't jump they ball on me like it's no thing and if we we're doing a singing competition, Beyonce or Mariah Carey or whoever else is not going to give me affirmative action and let me sing with the, the, you know, the tone thing that, you know, that they have out there. No, I'm going to get smoked in that competition. And that's why we need to encourage all people of color to be the best that they can be and win at the game of life. Do better than Bill Gates. Do better than every person that's ever taken from you. And let's rise up to be a mighty army. And I'll support that kind of business. I'll support that kind of person because they're not only winning just to get more jewelry, or to have uh, an album that they can say black is king and then put on a witchcraft headdress like Beyonce did. But I know God, when he blesses the people of color, they'll give God the glory and red and yellow, black and white, all precious in his sight. We'll bring the kingdom of God to this earth. 
So I don't stand against anybody. I don't stand against anybody based on their color, but I do stand against you based on your worldview. If your worldview is not in line with God's view, then we're going to have to check that. And once again, this does not mean we force it upon you. I'm just saying let's go toe-to-toe with it. Let's see what best idea wins. You have an idea, let's go for it. Because the ideas that Christ has given us are the winning ideas. Look at it, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Paul speaking here. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Because if looting could change somebody's life, they should all be changed right now, right? When we went to the west side, everybody should be happy, singing along, wearing their Mr. Rogers cardigan, leave it to beaver type stuff happening. No, because looting doesn't change the heart. I understand people get frustrated, and they, and they point to examples like the American Revolution. And I agree there are times to fight, but you got to have a righteous cause and righteous methods. Otherwise, as the old saying goes, the evil you're trying to defeat, you become just as bad as. So you're trying to replace an evil with an evil. What you got at the end of the day? Just more evil. Just talk to the people of Cuba. When I, when I was out witnessing one day, I met another believer. His name was Louis. He came from Cuba, and he understood what it was like to live under the time of Che Guevara and Fidel Castro. And my friends, it wasn't a walk in the park. They had to escape. And now today, people from the BLM and Antifa are literally wearing his image. Man, as Elf said, that is a cotton-headed ninny-mogging thing to do. You are a cotton-headed ninny-mogging. What are you doing? Literally, people are fleeing Cuba to come here. We have the Riasco family mother here. Her husband fleed Cuba to come here. Why are we trying to bring the failed systems of Marxism over here when they were killing their own people? Let's just save you the time. If you want that, go to Cuba and let the Cubans who want to get out take your spot. And I'm not saying America equals Jesus. I'm just saying there has been Christians here that have helped guard America. Let's be careful before we tear down the foundations. When we remove a guardrail, let's ask, why was that there to begin with? Why did we define a marriage as one man and one woman? Before we just throw that aside and say, you know, whatever you feel goes, let's ask the question, why was that guardrail put there? Learn about the statistics about fatherless homes. Learn about what happens when you don't have the family in order. And so we have to understand this, that the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They didn't go down there to tear down her house, to threaten her, as Christians had been threatened or to hit hit the police on the head with a skateboard as things have been happening in this neighborhood and community. No, we fight with the weapons of God, a spiritual war, because we understand that you can defeat somebody physically but not change them spiritually. It's just like when I ask my children uh, to clean their room before we go out and do a thing or two. You know, they, they'll say, well, can I do it later? And I'm like, no, go do it now. And then they'll go do it. But you can tell in their mind they're not doing it. You can tell in that attitude, like they're vacuuming, but they're not really vacuuming. They're conjuring up all the anger they have towards me. And so you can get somebody's physical body to do a motion or put them in jail. But that doesn't mean you're changing their heart and attitude. And so we have to remember this with grace and truth. We have to love people into the knowledge that we've been given. We're passionate about it. We'll stand up for it as we go to the abortion clinic, as we stand up for our officers. And we're not saying they're, they're all good. And, you know, we're not here to deny their mistakes. Just like as a pastor, do I deny the mistakes of other pastors? No, we call them out. But we're defending the institution. The institution of policing by the citizens is good because if you remove that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have dictatorship and you're going to have militaries ruling the streets. We need to pray 
pray for righteous police officers to rise up, righteous pastors and leaders, etc. So anyways, we have to be patient with people in the process. We don't fight with the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we have have divine power. Somebody say divine power. Amen. To demolish strongholds. And I love what Jordan said. Brother, you just confirmed my wife's master's degree dissertation. She did her master's degree dissertation on the worldview of Christians and how it is deficient in most churches. They're claiming Jesus, but they're still living like Beyonce or living like Bill Gates. They're saying that they love God, but they're still singing the songs of Little Wayne. They're still voting like the way they used to vote. And once again, I'm not saying there's a, a, a party where only a, you know where, where all Christians have to go. I'm just saying that if if for all of us we're still voting the same, thinking the same, singing the same, dancing the same as we were before we were a Christian, now that we've become a Christian, then what has Christ really changed? Just what you do on Sunday? Christ should change how you look at politics. Christ should change how you look at music. Christ should change how you look, where you shop, what friends that you have. So our power has uh, the ability to demolish strongholds. Now watch it, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So what does that presuppose? That presupposes that you will be in arguments. Arguments by themselves are not sinful. The Bible says it's sinful to argue for argument's sake, to be a lover of arguments. But that is not our desire. That wasn't Paul's desire. Your desire should be to present the truth of God to tear down the strongholds that are over the mind and how we've been brought up and the superstitions that we've been taught or the worldview, like how we see the world. And, and we have to be willing to have that be torn down in our lives and then to confront it in others' lives, not by force, but by simply in the war of ideas, exchanging thoughts and exchanging worldviews. And ours is coming with divine power. But notice this. It demolishes arguments. So do I love Roman Catholics? Absolutely. But I want to demolish the argument of the Pope and praying to saints, purgatory, and confessing your naughty secrets to Father Tom when he should be confessing his to you. Do you understand? I love, and it's so simple. We say it like this. We love people, but we hate ideas. I love Roman Catholics, hate Roman Catholicism. I love Islam, I love Muslims, but I hate Islam. Just like this, I love my kids, but I hate their attitude. You see, there's, it's not complicated. And, and so if that offends you that there's a right and there's a wrong, you shouldn't be. I have Catholic family members. I have Muslims that are my friends, Hindus, etc. I'm not saying that I disvalue you or treat you as an other because you don't believe the way I do. There's actually an entire parable to rebuke me if that's my attitude. It's called the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritans were, were half Jew, half pagan when they were invaded by the Syrians. The Jewish people broke God's laws and started intermingling, and their descendants became known as Samaritans. Jesus goes out of his way to meet with the Samaritan, the, the, the woman at the well. But when Jesus gives this, this story, it's the Jewish man who is beat up. He's left there to die, right? And the Jewish people forsake their own. But it's the Samaritan, the person who has 
had been oppressed by the Jewish people reaches out, and that's who we're supposed to be, like the Good Samaritan. So if you were to put it in the time of Jim Crow or in the American slave era, it's, a, it's like a bunch of white slave owners are robbing each other, and one slave owner gets beaten and left for dead, and the African slave comes and helps him while the white preacher and the white politician walk by. Are you getting it? And so it's been taught to us that we help each other even if we're in the position of helping our oppressor. We are to help them. Why? For the sake of Christ to change their hearts. That's why Martin Luther King Jr. is so much more outstanding than Killer Mike in times like this. We should be following the model that love conquers hate because if you come from hate to try to change hate, you only have hate at the end. And so he said, Martin Luther King Jr., let no man bring you so low that you hate him. And so we overcome by the position of having a higher ground, a higher set of morals, and that we don't want the person to be demolished. We want the argument to be demolished. We want to set people up for success as we're setting up their argument to be demolished. Hey, let me just take your pro-choice argument and set it up on the T-ball the thing here so I can knock it and blow it out the park here. We want to teach people how to think through the things of God. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to hand it to my brother and the next brother in just a second, but I want to set them up one more time. Put me to John 1, 1, please. Why do we do things logically and in order? Because sometimes people think, well, you Christians, you guys are just spiritual. You know, you guys don't really know how to think logically. As a matter of fact, our God is logic. Our God is truth. The Bible says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? No one comes to the Father but by him. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. Highlight that word or right click on and everybody see it in the Greek. In the beginning was the word. Highlight it. Yeah, there you go. Let's go right here. Can you see that? Logos. Everybody say logos. Logos is the root word for logic. You can't do, you cannot be theological without being logical. Do you understand? All science of learning is based on the, the A, uh, O, L, O, G, Y, the ending of logic, biology. You understand those, those sciences, the way we learn. It comes from the root word of word. Word is the basis of logic and reason. It's how we reason. We can't reason without language and thinking and having cognition and rational thought and sometimes thinking about why I'm thinking. You ever think about why you're thinking or what you're thinking and then you think to yourself, why do I disagree with myself? Who am I really disagreeing with when I disagree with myself? Why am I disagreeing with myself? Why am I thinking about myself disagreeing with myself? What's wrong with me? I need to stop doing this. Turn on the game and think about something else because I'm tired of thinking about my thinking. And it all comes from the word. It comes from your ability to reason and to think. Well, the Bible says when it gives Jesus another name, a, another attribute of who he is so we can know him by, it says in the beginning was the logic, the expression of God. And the expression of God, the word, the logic was with God. And the logic, the expression of God was God. And go to John 1.14. And that expression, that idea, that logic became flesh. So it's not just that logic is a process that we do by following Aristotle's laws of logic, etc. Logic is a person that has manifested himself in the world of thought. He's more than just that, but he manifests through thought and reason. So God is not a man that he should lie. He cannot violate himself. So whatever is true always comes back to God.
And whatever is a lie comes from the father of lies, the devil, and will be washed away one day. So let me say this. Is there truth and lies in politics? Yes, we should bring the truth. Bring Jesus to politics. Are you with me? Are there truth and lies in business? Yes, we should bring the truth, the word, the logic of God into business. So it's not just for Sunday when we play make-believe and talk about, you know, Noah and an ark. No, even though I believe that happened. Using the mind, the logic of God applies to every single thing we do. And whenever a scientist or a logician or a philosopher discovers things, they're only just showing more of the logic and the beauty of our God's mind, even if they don't acknowledge it. Amen? I want us to get ready for the man of God of faith and power for the hour, Ricky Castor. Let's give it up for him. He's a traveling evangelist. I wasn't going to let these guys come without preaching. He's, he's from Georgia, but he came from New Orleans all the way up here, and I got to meet him the first time this weekend, even though I tried to reach out before, and you ghosted me. That's okay. We're together now, and he's one of the most mighty men that I have met on this trip, along with some of these men. I'm so impressed, and guess what? I got him to stay a little bit longer. Tonight, he's preaching at 4 on the south side if you want to come. He'll be preaching with us Monday night on the streets of Chicago and State. Tuesday, we'll be preaching on the west side doing a barbecue, and then Wednesday, he'll be here for the back-to-school bath. Bless the living God. Come on, Come man on, give of God. God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. God bless you. He deserves all the glory. I, I, I wanted to kind of kind of go jump on that back right there for uh, what we did last night because my brothers and my sisters, we stood in the gap. Stood in the gap. It stood in the gap. Even though we're not from this city, but we stand for righteousness. How many know that the word of God has no biasness? It don't care who it is. It's going to come out. It's going to go out and reach everybody that it, it applies to. That's what the word of God does. And I, I wanted to, to say this. We know the Bible says that, do, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity against God? Friendship with the world is an enemy with God. We don't want, we know that we want to be friends of God, so we don't want to be enemies of God, so we can't be, have friendship with the world. And this is what the world, I think, understands, that what we stand for is against the world. That's why they can't do nothing but attack the Christian. And this is why it catches them off guard when we go stand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, it, it has, the war has to wage on because the word of God is against the world. For he was manifested in the world, not to destroy people in the world, but the people in the world may have life. We do know that the world will be destroyed, but the people he's looking to save before the world becomes under destruction. And so, but at the same time, as we are, as we are enemies of the world by Christ Jesus we're looking to save some by any means necessary by any means necessary now we're not out here doing violence there's some folks you won't believe some of the comments we got just by standing in the gap and preaching to that to that uh, what's the lame uh, slow foot light foot slow foot S slow foot light foot okay yeah slow foot light foot light I can't tell if there's any light in that foot but I know there's something else going on I don't mean, I don't try to bash the lady but I mean, it, it, it can't be a light foot. There ain't no light in that because, you know, because his word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my footpath. Amen. So we, we, we are, our feet should be light. You know what I mean? Should be light. So, so, but that's what we're called to do, to carry the gospel into the world. 
That's what we're called to do. And that is what we're going to do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there are so many people that are lost in the world. Their mind is gone because they don't have that light. They don't have that, that word, as the man of God said, that logic. Don't, they don't have it. They're void. They're void from it. And if, if we're truthfully we told, all of us was that way. Before salvation, we was void of the truth. No matter how good or bad we think we are, we all were under sin. And without that word first being spoken, we won't have a void of it. So we know the word says that faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? The word. The metagogic logic. So without first hearing, you can't gain that word. You can't gain that faith. You can't gain that knowledge. So, but how can they hear except they be a preacher? And how do we preach except we be sent? As the man of God talked about, you know, love, we have to come from a place of love. And love, you know, conquers all things. Love is kind. Love gives. Love came down out of his seat and sacrificed himself for us. So we're in the same love, not a different love, the same love. The same love, the same love that God gave is shed abroad among all us. So the same love that God had for the world is also in us. So as he sent his son, his son had 12 disciples, sent them out. And then because of that, we are the fruit, we are the labor, and he sent us out by the same spirit. Having that logic, that word on the inside to speak to the people that are void of that light, that knowledge. That word. So we're holding that light in us, keeping that light in us, circulating through in us to go give it to others. Now, th those comments, I tell you, they was hitting us left and right. And most of them, again, were Christians. Mo most of them. And it's, 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 it's very sad. The Bible says, uh, be careful not to bite and devour one another. Least you be consumed of one another. It, it says something to me. It says volumes to me when we're supposed to be on the same team bearing the light of Christ to, to win some. You know, you, you would think that people that are bearing light should find reasons for you to go instead of trying to search for reasons diligently, searching for reasons for you not to go. It says something. When you start speaking against light bearers, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. And so we find ourselves contending with the unbelieving, and some people are supposed to be believing. But we stand strong. The word of God is sure because he's the first, he's the last. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's our justifier. He's our savior. He's our alpha. He's our omega. He's going to be the one that's going to justify us on the end. Bless the Lord. So, so I just want to kind of, you know, give, give her that a little, that testimony on how that we're so continuing to be those light bearers. And we're out here for a reason. We're not out here for no reason. We're, we're here for the same reason that was coming in the beginning. God first spoke his word in the beginning. Before time was, he spoke his word and created the, the, the earth. And then, kind of skipping through, as he spoke his word, the whole world went into darkness. We're somewhat preaching the same word, the same word that was preached in the beginning. 
Started with Noah. Noah had one message. A flood is coming. That's the only message he had. That's the only message God gave. I can't, I, I, if, I, I, it escapes me. How long did he preach? Like 100 years? About 100 years. Can you imagine for 100 years you saying the same thing every day? Flood's coming. Flood's coming. Flood's coming. Next day. You got a new message preacher? Flood's coming. Flood's coming. It's coming. And, and the Bible says before that time that nobody's ever seen rain. Rain had not fallen out of the sky. God watered the plants by the dew of the day. But we're preaching the same word. Not a different word. The same word. The only difference is that same word that went forth. Again, preaching the same gospel. We're preaching the same. A flood's coming. But this flood ain't going to be by water, though. This, this flood's going to be by fire. It's going to be by fire. I don't like fire. Uh, you know, I don't like fire. Nobody like fire. Too hot. Way too hot. And the other place, the other fire, that's going to be way, way hotter. Way, way hotter. But we're preaching the same, the same word, that same knowledge, that same light, that, that same things that cause you to think the same word, except this word was wrapped in a body and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. The, the scripture says, seem like I'm bouncing, but I'm still sticking on the same thing. The scripture says, it said, law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It's the same to say you can't have grace without truth. We have to have truth. We have to have truth. So when we're preaching the word, we've got to be preaching the truth, which is Jesus Christ. The word. The same word that was in the beginning. We're preaching the same. We don't have to have a different word. But we're telling the world because we're not friendships with the world. We're not friends with them. We tell them, listen, you're going to, you got to turn or you will burn. You, it sounds scary, but this is love. Every father or mother seeing their child stick a knife in a socket jumps up quickly, quickly. And out of fear, we don't do that again. You got, you, that, listen, the Lord says he chasing whom he love. And whom he chasing not, the Bible calls, I'm not saying the word, the Bible calls them bastards. That he chasing not. But because we have a father in heaven, he chastens us. And through us, through you, he chastens the world. He said, look, greater works shall you do. Because I go to my father. He said that to the apostles, but that just transferred down to us. He said to the apostles. So not being friendships with the world, preaching the same word at the beginning, not being friendship with the world, preaching this, not a different gospel, but the same gospel wrapped in a body that if you would get on that boat and Jesus Christ is the ark, Jesus Christ is that boat that you might be saved. And we're going to continue to preach that. Continue to stand for the faith. Continue, regardless of what people say, regardless of what opinions people have. Everybody's got an opinion. But there's only one God. There's only one word. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism in the Christ. That's Jesus Christ. And he's going to judge every man according to their works. I'm going to say that again. I got to say that again. Just, just in case you're here. 
You know, I'm not saved by my works. I can do what I want. But you'll be judged by them, though. I will caution ourselves. We will be judged by our works according to the scriptures. And he's going to judge every man according to his truth and not our own. His truth. So let's align ourselves with his truth. I don't want to be too long. I'm still kind of tired, so y'all please forgive me. I stayed up with them even though they didn't lock me up. I don't understand. I was preaching. I was the one mainly on the mic preaching. I would say, you repent, woman, you repent. You repent. Come out of that house and repent. She Actually, she was there. The light came on. I, I saw her standing in the window. Oh, yeah. She was there. She was standing in the window. She was peeping outside. I said, you come out of that. You need to repent. You out here chasing churches. You out here shutting down churches, acute, or per persecuting churches. You need to repent. <laughs> repent in the name of Jesus. And, and that's what we're going to continue to preach. Repent. I saw her. She was peeping. She was hiding, but I saw her. I was like, oh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, I see you. you but the police officers, they, they just went around me. I'm right here. I seen the police officers here. Next thing you know, they went around me. And then next thing I know, I see they got my brother, the pastor, D.S. Jackson, in the handcuffs. I was like, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Devil come out of there in the name of Jesus. And, and, then, and then next thing you know, they had, they had our sisters laying on the ground. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm gonna go. They just going like, to bypass me? Okay, all right. And then the sister said, look, don't get, don't get arrested. Just go on ahead. Go ahead. I said, all right. Yeah, told us stay in the car. Uh, amen, amen. But, but you, you have people in your city as you are in your city to contend with you. This is what brothers and sisters are about. We're together. I just got to say this. There's no denomination in Christ. Denomination means separation. That's what that means. Means separation, but we're one in Christ. Even though I live in Georgia, I'm a part of your body. He, even though he lives in Arkansas, he's a part of your body. We we may have different functions, but we all by the same spirit, by the same spirit of faith. Amen. I don't want to keep you too much long. I want to introduce you, my friend, my brother, and my pastor, and my my partner in the Lord. We got some things going on. D.S. Jackson. Please receive it with a hand praise. Amen. That's the man of God right there. Hallelujah. Praise God. I didn't know if we had gone beyond the time frame that I was making time. Well, thank you all. Thank you. It's such a blessing to be here with you all today. Such a blessing to have met you all, and Pastor Troy knows what he's talking about. I keep bringing him up because he told me some things, and I, I held them until we got here, and I shared them with Pastor Joe. So I just really appreciate God for you all. This weekend, we really, really enjoyed ourselves. I met some of the most awesome people of God that there has to be on this earth. And I just really appreciate God for what he's doing in you. I thank God for our team, Team Rescue number three, Ricky Castor, the evangelist, his wife, Janelle, Mrs. Choices. <laughs> she has a hashtag name, hashtag Mrs. Choices, because she's going to always preach to you the choices you have. <laughs> Amen. So thankful to have, as we call, it's coming, our Siamese twins. <laughs> Amen. They are the Arkansas street preachers. They are brother and sister. 
and they go out preaching in central Arkansas every weekend. I was so fortunate to find out that they were out preaching so I could join up with them because I'm a pastor, but I love going where it's wild. I love the wild, wild west. <laughs> I love going where it's not tame and you don't have bouncers and you don't have all of your protectors and all of that kind of stuff. I love going where you're depending on your team and where you're depending on the Holy Spirit, where you're depending on the word that's coming out of your mouth. That's what I like being around. So grateful and so glad to have my sister, also our younger sister, I call them little sister, uh, evangelist Bethany Stennett, who has a testimony that she goes about and just knocks down some of these that want to lift up their arguments. She comes up to them and let them know, no, what you've been talking about, I've been through and I've been out of it. And now that God is with me, I'm going forth and I'm telling you the truth. So it's a good, a good thing to tell your testimony. It's a good thing to have a testimony. So glad to have all of them on today, and so glad our brother came here all the way from Seattle, Washington, Jordan McCloud, my little brother. Now, all of these people I met through social media, and we came together to start preaching the gospel together. And it's such a blessing. I, I want to give out a shout out to my congregation, Harvest Time Church in uh, Mitchellville, Arkansas, and also to Overcomers Boot Camp Network. I'm so grateful. I don't want to come here and do a lot of preliminaries, but I don't have a whole lot because the pastor took my scripture that I had been meditating on. <laughs> he took my scripture because the scripture that was resonating in my spirit, and I leaned over at, um, to my brother over here and told him, I said, the pastor got my scripture, man. <laughs> I looked up at the screen and I saw, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish stronghold. I know I left a piece out. But I tell you, the, the word of God came forth in such a powerful way this weekend. As I've been watching what the Lord is doing, I find pleasure in knowing that Jesus is advancing through the people of God and the work that they're doing. Your consistency is extremely powerful. What you're doing and you're doing it consistently is extremely powerful. And what I've been seeing the Lord say that in this time, if his people will not become overrun uh, and inundated by what's going on around them, that they will begin to just stay focused on what I'm telling you to do and be consistent that you're going to see after a while some things that look like were not going to happen. Possibly have we missed it? No, that's not the case because the time comes around. When not only what you're doing, but with what God has already done meets together. And when that begins to happen, that's when the things are going to break forth like they're supposed to break forth. So keep praying for those family members. Keep praying for them. Keep on witnessing with your life. Keep on doing ex everything that God has called you to do because that's going to bring about great power. You're going to see it because God is not only doing something through you. He's touching the world's circumstances. He said there will be a shaking that will come about. And as that shaking is happening, people are getting to the point that everything they held secure, that it's not securing them anymore. They're asking questions. Many of the officers in the first uh, place, and I want to say thank God for Brother Torres for treating us so well the other night. <laughs> I want to thank God for him for treating us so well. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 
<laughs> he did his job. He did his job. And, and we weren't defiant. We weren't upset. As a matter of fact, they said they, even on camera, they saw me smile. And so I was, like, I was being so awkwardly kind. I, I think it was awkward for them. I was asking them, how are you doing tonight? And they're like, what? You know, they're putting cuffs on me. And I'm like, how are you doing? And they're like, huh? <laughs> they said, this is awkward. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the kind. I don't know. It's just, it's just a matter of you know, you have to do what you believe God is speaking to you to do at that time, no matter how jittery you feel, no matter how weird it feels to you. Because I'm a pastor, you know. I don't normally go out, you know, hearing all of this and doing all of that. But I, I felt like the Lord said, stand with our brothers and sisters. And that's what he's been doing, just say stand, you know. And, and sometimes you just have to realize you just got to take a stand. Isn't that right? You're not looking for what you can get out of it. And I think that's what a whole lot of the problem is, is people are saying, what are you getting out of it? I don't have to get anything out of it. I'm a part of the body. What's hurting one is hurting me. What's going on with the others is going on with me. If somebody has a problem with you, they got a problem with me. We're the body of Jesus Christ. It's the same as the kingdom of God. We've been sent as an ambassador, ambassador of Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? When they come against us, they come against heaven. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, it's not all this disjointed stuff. That's the thing God has been speaking to me all this time. He's been saying, I'm bringing about a unification of my people. I'm connecting the dots. The people that have sold themselves out and are willing to make some mistakes along the way just so that they please their Lord and their Savior. See, some of us are trying to measure each other to a certain standard of perfection, like I got it right because I went and took my one and hid it in a hole. Not realizing that that's an unprofitable servant. And that's occurred in the scripture already before. Sometimes you got to take a risk and go put your money, exchange it with the money exchanges, with, with the people, with the marketers. You got to put it into the market to see what it's going to do. But God has told us our talent. Don't hide it. Invest what God has given you. You're going to make some mistakes along the way because your zeal may not have the level of the knowledge that you need at that point in time. But you're going to learn something from it. You're going to grow from it. Isn't that right? So uh, you have to be ready not to make, be afraid to make a mistake, to be able to do the will of God. You hear what I'm saying today? I've been asking the Lord, am I doing your will? Because that's my desire, to do the will of God. I don't, try to, I don't do anything without prayer. I learned from my dad, pray about everything. Pray at all times. And so I, I said, Lord, when I'm not completely clear, I'm going to depend upon the other ways that you show us how to go about doing your will. I had peace, and it didn't make sense. So that's when I said, I'm going to follow this peace, and we're going to go forth and do it. So I just want to say to anyone that may have been watching by social media that I'm not your enemy, we're not your enemy, and we're not rebels without a cause, okay? <laughs> we're not people out here that are, you know, I don't want to make it about that, but I just want to uh, let the people of God know that, yes, we're coming up against these kind of times. And these officers even recognized. They started asking questions. They started asking things. We worshiped in the cell like we were Paul and Silas. <laughs> the sisters on the other side of the wall, they heard us worshiping. They started singing along with us, you know. We just prayed, and, and those presence of God came in the room. We were in there weeping and crying and interceding on the behalf of other people. 
on the behalf of the officers and all these different ones, not because we were trying to put on a show, but because this is what believers do. When you're being pressed, what's in you is going to come out of you. And I thank God that something good is on the inside, and it's called Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God for you. You have an awesome pastor. Amen. Thank you, man of God. Let's get uh, the evangelist to stay up. I want you to stay up, man of God. Please stay up here. We're going to close in just a moment. Thank you for your patience letting us go a little bit longer. But as he was speaking, man, we're all just tag-teaming on each other's points. Just think about this. How many of you have heard of Hitler, the name Hitler? How many of you think your friends have heard that name? How many have heard of Dietrich Bonhoeffer? How many of your friends think they know about Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Not, not a lot. You see, when we look at the time of Hitler, we go, where were the Germans? My goodness, all of them were brainwashed to do this? No. There was resistance. There was resistance, but those were the ones that got killed quick. It's like the old saying goes, you know, they came for the coal workers and the unions. And I didn't speak up because I wasn't a coal worker. I wasn't a union worker. You know, then they came for the philosophers and the politicians and the newspapers. But I didn't speak up because I wasn't into politics and the newspapers. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak up. You see, right now we're in the changing of our nation. And we have to come together and start standing up. But your, your, your culture may say, well, where's the church? Because that's what they say to me all the time. Why aren't you marching with this? Number one, because you're not my Lord and Savior, and you don't tell me what to do. This is who I march with, the body of Christ, and I, I march with the Word of God. I'm not marching because now you told me to march because some feminist told me to march. No, I go where the people of God are. And so I want you to mark this down in your history books. Mark this down in your history books that whatever happens to America from this point forward, you were a part of watching people stand up and do something. You were, you were a part of it. And I say this too when we go to the abortion clinics. They always try to, you know, be little, you know, snooty, tooty people. They go, well, what do you do for the inner city? What do you do for that? Ask them what we do. Ask us as a church what we do. We've been here, and you haven't been here in your gentrified neighborhood. The church has been reaching the community. You ever heard of the YMCA? It's not the Young Men's Communist Association. It's the Young Men's Christian Association. You ever heard of the Salvation Army? That came from Christians. It's not just Santa ringing a bell every now and then. And what we have to do is get back to it in the church. This is the kind of revolution I want to be a part of. These are the people that I want to march with. And I know it's so funny because our church is predominantly Latino. We need our gente in the house. Come on. Jesus Cristo es el Señor. Gloria a Dios. In the name of Jesus. Because it's not just black and white, black and white. Oh, Dios mío, I can just imagine my Latino folks. It's not just black and white. What about the gente? What about the Latinos? What about the Asian? We stand together under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not just about a man. It's about the God man, Jesus. It's not a color. It's the blood of the Jesus that bled for us. And it's red, baby. And it covers all of us. If you believe it, would you stand up and give it up for Jesus today? Jesus matters. Hallelujah. Band and altar workers, would you come, please? We want to pray for you and impart this passion into your lives. We pray traveling mercies on D.S. Jackson, who has to go home today and get back to his family, and the team that came with him, thank you. But I'm also thankful for Jordan and Ricky, who are staying. That's why I like them better than I like D.S., because he has to leave, and they're staying. Half kid, half kid. Uh